In our world today, the issue of mental health is discussed more often these days. From those doubting it, to those experiencing it, to those who term it spiritual problems. Today on the DSC Nilak podcast, we are joined by Norse and we are talking all things mental health. Enjoy. Hi, welcome to the DSC Nilak podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today and I'm really excited about the topic we'll be discussing today. So before we move on, please kindly tell us more about yourself. Hello everyone, I'm so glad to be here. Um, so my name is Oseni Olamide Mutiat and I am a registered nurse by profession and I'm also the project lead and co-founder of the Save Even Initiative. I'm also an in-house counsellor at Mental Aware Nigeria Initiative. So that's a little bit about who I am. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. So today we'll be looking at mental health. With different things happening in our society, of concern, and just basically everything, the pandemic, the lockdown, we've always had to go back to discussing mental health. And in the tech community, it's not a really popular topic. So today we'll talk about mental health. So can you just tell us what exactly is mental health? and some common misconceptions about mental health. Okay, as a result of the pandemic, a lot of people's mental health has been affected. So I would like to shed more light on what is mental health itself. So according to the World Health Organization, mental health is more than just the absence of mental disorders or disabilities. It is defined as a state of well-being in which an individual realizes his or her own abilities, can cope with normal stresses of life, can work productively and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. So that's the definition of mental health. It can also be defined as also a dynamic state of internal equilibrium which enables individuals to use their abilities in harmony with universal values of society. So there are a lot of misconceptions, there are a lot of misconceptions about mental health. Um, like for example, people say mental health is as a result of, of a sign of weakness or is a sign of uh, weakness, um, or maybe you choose to you choose to have it. But the real the fact is that mental health is not a sign of weakness. It is a condition. It's like any other illness, like physical illness, like um, hypertension, diabetes, that which nobody decides choose to have. And also, people say that okay, another misconception another misconception about mental health is that. People say people that have mental health do not recover completely, do not recover. Yes, it is not right because study shows that people who have mental mental um, disorders can live a full life, can live a full life and can recover. And also they said, um, it has been said in the society, like we say that, okay, because um, you have a mental disorder, you have to behave in it. The people that have mental disorder behave in a bizarre way, and if they bite you, they can they can infect others, which is not right. It, a lot of people that have mental mental disorders don't do not behave 
in a busy way. There are some conditions that make a mental disorder, there are some certain medical mental disorders that make people behave in a busy way. And that is, and it is not the overall picture of what mental disorder is. It is just like, like 1% or 2% of what mental disorder is. And also people that, and there are lots of misconceptions about mental health and they believe that children, some say children don't have mental disorders. It is very wrong because children still can be affected by mental disorders or across all ages can be affected by mental disorders. And mental disorders, there's um, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder that is majorly found in children, although others still can have it. There are lots of eating disorders, lots of disorders that can actually be, that children too can be affected. So, so that's that's it about a little bit about some of the misconceptions about mental health mental disorders still talking about misconceptions in this part of the world a lot of parents don't believe in mental health mood swings and all sorts of this is some even term it spiritual problems so how do we educate parents on mental health for our parents to be more aware and enlightened about mental health, we, the youth, have the um, responsibility to continue to help educate them about what mental health is. Because, okay, yes, I've been in the situation before where my parents didn't believe I had a mental condition and I suffered for a very long time. But when it got worse, I had to keep on it, um, enlightening them that, okay, this is what is going on with me. I am not fine. I am not fine. I need to see a doctor as soon as possible. And I, I believe that, okay, my health, my health care team to help that time. They have, they have to um to educate them about the conditions and the, belie- uh, the beliefs surrounding that, okay, spiritual problems, which is not, it is, it is a condition, it's an illness. So, we need to take responsibility. We need to take. We need to have a treatment for it. It's not something that you can just overlook. So, I believe that for us to overcome this as um, individuals, as um, youth, as the, as people, as the young adults that we are, and for them to be much more aware, we we have the responsibility to take part in their lives. We have the responsibility we need to do, and that is continuing to educate them, continue to tell them, continue to like give them examples, give them, show them videos, show them to help to help them to understand what mental health and what mental illnesses are and how um how to treat them, how the best alternative to treating them and um seeking help as well because some of these are apparently they can also suffer from it. From mental illness no one is above it and they should know that okay you are not the one doing it yourself you are not the one de- doing it yourself it's not as if you chose to be um you chose to be um having a mental health condition you um you need to like make them sit them down let them understand what it is and continue to to always enlighten them I believe that is one effective way we can um, we can make them aware and much more enlightened about mental health and illnesses. I believe that um, 
our institution leaders like um, the pastors, the imams, they have um, a part to play in making, in correcting the misconceptions about mental health. And they have a part to take in, in which our parents and everybody can be much more aware about mental health. When that is if um, they are much more enlightened about mental health and they give talks about it, that okay, mental health is not a spiritual is not a spiritual thing. It's more like an other. It's more like other illness, like hypertension, diabetes, cancer. So they should have the part to take because most of our um, parents or the um, elder ones, they tend to believe, they tend to listen more to their pastors and coming from their human. So that way, we can have a much more aware community in a larger space. Yes, that's very true. The public also has to play its own part in educating every single one, parents, older people, and young ones. So for people who generally, aside from those in the tech space, rejection and imposter syndrome also sometimes also causes a little bit slack in their mental health. So how would you advise that one should prepare themselves when in even when you apply for a job I know that you may or may not get it and that rejection is going to hurt you or you are feeling they're thinking so low of yourself imposter syndrome is taking over you how would you advise that one should prepare their mental health or what should they do in such situation I'll start with rejection um, how to cope with rejection? Okay, as humans, we should be prepared for it one way or the other, but sometimes we're just caught up in it. So first, I'll, I'll advise that before you um, apply for something, for a job, you have to have two ways. You should, have, um, you should believe that, okay, yes, it's either a yes or no, and start making preparations for the no before time why did i say that it's better that way um to prepare for it than being caught up in it that way it's, it's a bit your mind is being like oh yes i may not have this thing yes it is painful which i believe which i which i tell people that okay yes allow yourself to feel the pain allow yourself to feel the pain do not um suppress those feelings those emotions yes if you have to cry cry about it it's a way of releasing your emotions your tensions it's a way of calming yourself down and that's one of the um one of the paths to recovery and also um you need to like Tell yourself, um, surround yourself with people that okay that believe in you. That yes, okay, because you didn't get this one doesn't mean you are bad or you're a failure. It means that okay, you just need to work up on something. Then you should reevaluate yourself, reevaluate the process, reevaluate. Then think about what you should have done better, what you should have done better, something that you can or something you should work on. That way you can help to improve yourself. For imposter syndrome, I would say the first thing is to know yourself and know your triggers. That way you can prevent yourself from having or feeling inadequate or, or having the condition. 
So that way, and also you should take a break from social media once in a while. It is very good for your mental health. You take a break and surround yourself with people that boost your self-esteem, self-worth. That way it can help to like um uh, help to correct negative thoughts to positive thoughts. Also, you should know when to seek help about your mental health. You should know when to seek help about when you're already feeling in a way, maybe you talk to a friend, a counselor, a therapist. Just make sure you find someone you can always talk to, someone you can always trust your feelings with. It is very, very important in recovering from poster syndrome. So one last question before we go. What are ways that we can always use to protect our mental health? The first thing I would say is to talk about your feelings. Always have someone uh, like confident you can always share your feelings to. It's a way of easing those burden instead of just bottling it up. It's a way of easing yourself of those thoughts, of those emotions. Like they say, a problem solved is a, a problem shared is a problem I've solved. Then also, um, exercise. Exercise is very, very good and it helps to boost our self-esteem and makes you concentrate better. It's very good for our mental health. You should try to like try to keep exercising. It's very good for either the brain or the physical parts of the body. It is very, very good. And also, I would say we should try meditation also. Take a time in the have a particular time in the day in a day you meditate about things. And meditate is very meditation is very, very good. It's a form of relaxation. It's a it's a very it is very, very important in helping us to maintain a very good mental health. And also, I would say we should um diet, maintain a good diet. Yes. What we take inside, either um either good or bad affects uh, general body and it affects the brain as well. Eating good diet is very good for the brain formation and the processes. It's very, very good for maintaining and improving our mental health. Another thing I would say is to know when to ask for help. The way mental health and mental illnesses are, people tend to ignore the signs and symptoms until it gets worse. So I would say, don't, don't ignore those signs, don't ignore those symptoms, seek help as soon as possible because before it gets worse, so you can easily and try to work on it because I'm sure know that seeking help doesn't mean you are less of a human, you are, you are inadequate, no, seeking help doesn't, doesn't make you like that, it shows how strong you are. Seeking help shows how strength takes a lot for you to for someone suffering from mental health to seek help. So I would encourage us to try to seek help as soon as possible and do not wait till it gets worse. Also, I would say we should know when to take a break. Either one minute break at the middle of work, at the middle of something, or two minutes or five minute break is very good for our mental health. It's very good in improving our mental health. You should know not to cross that limit or when you're already getting to those limits. You should try to take those breaks. Also, I would say we should always know, you should always do what you're good at. There's this thing, there's this feeling that comes doing what you're good at. It makes you, it puts your self-esteem and self-worth. And those are the things that are good for improving our mental health. So, also, the last thing I would say is to accept who we have. Yes, it is very, very important in men because we can all not be the same. And there are things that we know that we are good at and there are things we know we are not good at. So the things that we know we are good at, we should try to make it better. 
things we know we are not good at, we should try and work on it. And we should know that we are all humans. We, we are all humans. We, are, we, we don't have to be perfect. So we should just accept for who we are, who we are, and try to like just be ourselves in everything we do, and also work on skills on things that we know we can that can boost our self confidence. So that's it. Thank you so so much. I really enjoyed my time with you. Thank you so so much. I'm glad I'm here. Thank you so much for joining us. And I hope everyone that listens to this takes away something from this. Mental health is very important. We need to safeguard our mental health. Don't even stress yourself too much. If if there are too many bugs in your code, take a break from it and go back to it. Imposter syndrome, rejection, these are all things that we would always have to learn from in life. Thank you so much once again for joining us and we'll see you guys in the next episode.